Hello, welcome to Creative Catch-Up, a podcast where myself, Natasha Newton, artist and illustrator, and me, Mel Chadwick, illustrator and designer, will be chatting about running a creative business. Each episode, we'll be diving into a different topic that has come up in our own creative practice. We'll be sharing our experiences, both the ups and downs, struggles and successes, and hopefully give some advice that you'll also find useful. So join us for episode six, where we talk about diversifying your income and why this is so important. Hi, Natasha. Hi, Mel. How are you today? I'm really well. How about you? I'm good. I've had a good week in Suffolk. So yeah, I'm feeling revitalised. Yes, your batteries are recharged. (laughs) They are. They're gradually recharging. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Okay, so today I thought it'd be great if we talked about having different revenue streams. I don't know if you have over the years of your practice, whether you have different revenue streams. Yeah, well, when I started out, um, my main income came through gallery sales. So I used to do a lot of um, exhibitions, both in galleries and also um, with other artists. So we'd rent a space and we'd Um, exhibit our work like that and also private commissions and that was really my main source of income when I started just the galleries and the commissions and then I gradually moved on to selling my work online so at the moment I have my online shop and some of my work is licensed so I receive royalty payments yeah and I'm also thinking about offering art lessons as well so that will be another slightly different revenue stream for me because that's something I've never done before. How about you? I've had a number of different revenue incomes so I did a lot more screen printing when I went into illustration so I was screen printing my illustrations onto products and I used to sell then through craft fairs and then also through wholesaling to shops and then I guess just retailing to people online through my web shop. So I was selling my illustration as well through licensing on greetings cards, gift wrap, and then also through client work as well. So working to brief and commissions. But it's funny, at different points, I found that I've been more focused sometimes on one stream than another. So there was a time when I was doing a lot of craft fairs, a lot of making. My revenue was quite a bit smaller because I was only focusing on one area. I was going to say, I think that the more irons you can have in the fire, the better, really. You see that, especially during this, you know, pandemic that we've had. The moment actually it hit, illustration projects that were ready to go were just shut down. Yeah, I heard this from so many illustrators. Yeah, it was Mm. it was like overnight things just stopped. And so that cut off that income that I was depending on. I um, had been doing workshops in person. I was able to move all of those online. So thankfully through Zoom, I was able to still run those workshops. So I think it's so important to actually have a number of different sources, not just one. Yeah, it does show the importance of that. And I've noticed this throughout my career 
that um, when one revenue stream dries up, if you have a couple of others, then that will see you through. Whereas if you're putting all your eggs in one basket and just relying on one source of income, when that dries up, well, unless you have a you know good amount of savings, you're really going to struggle. So I was thinking, how do you work out what those additional revenue streams are? It is difficult because there are a lot of different things out there and you have to find the ones that are right for you, don't you? Sometimes, though, they're actually sitting right underneath your nose, aren't they? The actual thing that you can do. But it's just a case of spending a bit of time looking at your work and maybe looking at which markets could I push that work into. So, for instance, print on demand would probably be quite a natural fit say for your work you know you've produced the work you've got originals that you sell on your website but you could then actually see how they fit on other products that maybe you wouldn't have time to produce but on a printed print on demand site you could just pop up the images and people could then buy the product that they want it on I guess the only thing then with that is that you need to spend time isn't it as time takes to format it and upload it this is the thing and I think I lack a little bit of confidence with that because I work so traditionally when it comes to the digital stuff I've built my own well I say I've built my own website I used you know Squarespace and we'll talk about that in the future Um, and I used one of their templates but I had to learn quite a lot and I had to adapt it I've managed to do that and I've managed to do quite a lot of other technical stuff but for some reason it scares me the thought of um, preparing files for printing I think this is what puts me off from you know actually trying it I did I did use Society6 um, in a very, very small way a few years ago, and I literally only made a few dollars here and there from it. You know, I uploaded a couple of designs. I didn't really concentrate on building it. I do feel like as a creative, as an artist, like in 2020, you have to wear so many different hats. You know, you can't just be an artist. You have to you have to know all of this other stuff. (laughs) And that can be a bit daunting, can't it? It can be a bit daunting. And I remember feeling like that when I was wholesaling more and and screen printing and um, producing products and, and learning those methods and also photographing your work. All these things to start with can seem overwhelming and you can feel like got so much to learn, so much to have to take on board. But I find sometimes you just have to start small and the same with like you and you're putting your originals into a a print format. It is really just finding a tutorial and just slowly just working through it and maybe just then getting confidence each time you can convert something. Eventually you do understand it more, but I can definitely kind of relate to that fear you want it to look good on the product and you want to make sure that it's at the correct dpi it will print well the colors that kind of thing yeah there seems to be so much that you need to know and and that is the one thing that's held me back because i think print on demand would be a great thing for me your images are so striking and you can see that with you know your postcard sets i think you've probably sold out a few times Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've been actually that. Yeah, they've been a surprisingly popular um, thing in my shop. I mean, that's a great indicator that you've got a good design Mm. that will probably do well on a number of different things. Like imagine it on mugs or posters or on table mats. I can imagine your little houses in the landscape looking really good on 
something like that. And it would be a nice source of passive income, wouldn't it? Yes. Rather than, you know, having to constantly, because they say, make your art work hard for you, don't they? Yes, yeah. And that's really Mm. what we're, you know, trying to look at in diversifying your income. You've done a lot of work already. Now, where can you put your work to work? (laughs) Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. It does make sense, yeah. (laughs) but yes, it, it, it's it's so important though to do it, isn't it? Because you're kind of, you're almost like not taking full advantage of what you could do with your work. And mm. yes, you need to just yeah. kind of get it out there, don't you? In, in I do. Different ways. I'm going back. I'm going back <laughs> to that procrastination thing. This is <laughs> you see, it strikes again. <laughs> Another question I had was: Do you think you need to spend a lot of money? to start a different revenue stream? I think this depends on what you're doing. Um, I mean, there have been, well, now massive companies started at the kitchen table with, you know, like a few hundred pounds. So I don't think it's necessary actually to to invest a lot of money. I think certain things are going to take more money than others, but maybe, you know, you can start small. Another thing I've been thinking about offering is... Um, like enamel pins. A lot of artists are doing those now. They're very collectible. But, you know, I I would start small. I would literally maybe offer a couple of designs, see how they go, and then reinvest some of that money if they sell well into creating a bigger collection. And I think that's what perhaps people need to do is not not think about, um, oh, I'm going to have this massive collection of 20 designs. It's going to cost a fortune to to get that up and running but yeah just start small so like you you know start with postcards and then yeah see what happens because you can easily get you know i don't know 50 printed without a lot of investment you've just got to test it haven't you test the market test what works don't be afraid to experiment i think it helps to have a lot of price points available in your shop as well because not everyone has the money to spend on like a fine art print or a piece an original piece of artwork Um, but they can buy a pack of postcards or they can buy a little enamel pin you know so it's it's great to have this um this kind of range of different prices really if you are short on money and finance then maybe it is worth then looking at what time do you have and then also what knowledge do you have on the subject so like you were saying you know you're hesitant to go down print on demand because of maybe the knowledge that you don't have but then if you put in the time to find out then you know you will gain that knowledge and so sometimes it is a case of just disciplining yourself isn't it and being being intentional and seeing what that goal that you want to reach making steps towards it then you can maybe do the next thing but it does take intentional steps I think to move yourself towards that goal it's great if you can do that because i think you stand more chance of having a successful um, career and income if you can do that not everything has to scale say like you've got your phone bill that you want to pay (laughs) if if that additional venue that is coming in is paying that phone bill then it's done its job you know i sell through thoughtful so that's print on demand I've got a selection of greetings cards um, that's up on that website. I don't do anything really to market them, but the money that comes in each month is paying 
a couple of my bills. And so I'm like, okay, that's great. That's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Just through you uploading some designs and not having to really do anything else, you know, that's helping to pay your bills. So that's fantastic. You think of your overheads. If you can cover your overheads, that is the most important thing. And then extra that comes in, you can then maybe either reinvest it or you can put a bit into saving and a bit maybe into, you know, you're making sure that you can pay your tax bill. But it's just little by little, isn't it, that you're actually able then to build your business and, yeah, get have these different revenues that can help you do that. I was just thinking, what, what do you think are the benefits of starting small without a big investment? I think starting small is, a bit, if you possibly can, just using the money you have or the images you have, you know, whatever you have at your disposal and just... Um, and going in like in, in small steps and just seeing how it goes. I think rather than investing, you know, a fair chunk of money. <laughs> so say if I decided to do the pin badges and I say I'm going to order a hundred of each design and I'm going to offer 10 designs and then they don't sell very well. Well, I'm left with a lot of stock <laughs> and I'm out of pocket. So it's the benefits of starting small. You test the water. I think that's... That's a good way of doing it, yeah. And you can respond then easily to opportunities as well, come your way. I think this is the great thing about working for yourself as well, because you can adapt. Um, I've done that several times. If you see that something is popular at that moment, then you go with that. You put some more of your effort into that. So do you think it matters what kind of extra work we take on? And what I mean by that is that maybe work that isn't going to directly benefit our business but will give us some financial security that's yeah that's a tricky one do you have anything in particular in mind (laughs) (laughs) I, I was just thinking like um so short term it's like if I'm working for a creative agency or a studio and I'm doing art I'm doing something I like doing but I don't get any recognition for that. And the the pay that I'm getting isn't actually, I mean, it's, it's money, which is coming in, which is good, but it's actually not what I should really be getting. So in that respect, it's not really pushing your career forward, is it? No, it's pushing someone else's career forward. So it would be yeah. pushing forward the people that I'm working for because they can say, oh, look, look at what we've done. But there's no real you know, acknowledgement that you would play a part in that. This, yeah, this is a tricky one. I think it's really important that, in fact, somebody told me that it was really important to have your name on everything you put out in some way. Say, for example, if you license some of your designs, you know, you will receive some, you know, profit from that. But if people don't know it's your work, then it's not really going to lead on to anything else. And I think... That perhaps whatever you do, you should have an eye to the future. So, you know, that perhaps somebody else could see that and they can see that you were the artist behind it. And um, then, you know, that's how it leads on to other jobs. If your work is out there and no one knows it's you, yeah, you might have some income from it, but it's not really going anywhere. Yes. And it's also just for the time. So, again, like with the pandemic, with what happened with that, as soon as 
that hit. I know a lot of um, work was cancelled. And then what do you have? Because all your eggs are in that basket and it'd be very hard to like contact wise, because again, you wouldn't have any personal contacts yourself because it would have been gained through the company that you would have been working for. They wouldn't yeah. be sharing contacts with you. Um, you wouldn't have relationships with people because you are just the art worker. Well, this this then leads on to perhaps what we're going to be talking about in the next episode, which is um, building your own audience with via your mailing list or your social media or whatever it happens to be, because you're going to need that. I think it's important to be sort of independent, even if you do have an agent, to um, maintain your own art practice. So not, not all of your work goes through the agent. Because I think that if you're more in control of what you're doing, you can adapt more easily. Like you have adapted to offering more workshops and you're doing them online during the pandemic. And that's been a great source of income for you. And watching you do this and other artists I also follow who are um, offering like lessons or whatever on the side as well, it it started me thinking, well, maybe this is something, because I am asked about it, it's something that I could do. So again, it's like I've got to get over that feeling of um, I can't do this and, you know, get to the, I, I know I can do this. This is just a silly, you know, so silly voices again saying, oh, no, you're not a teacher, you know, you can't do that. But um, I think I can and I'm making steps now in order to be able to do that. But that will be another great side income I was just thinking as I was saying earlier about you know working for other people I mean the advantage of that is that you get to learn a lot of things so things that maybe you wouldn't get to learn if you are just on your own that is positive you just need to be aware if everything goes south and that's all you're depending on then you're in a very tricky situation in terms of building your own business yeah so I think it's all about diversifying and just doing what you can and being open-minded as well as a business I have to be careful about what I spend money on and I'm always thinking about budget you know and making sure that I'm living um, within my means and I think sometimes you do have to be aware of that when you are building your business you can't have everything that you want and it take yeah exactly it takes time and I think you need to be aware of that um rather than having like a fully fledged business with all of the aspects set up you know in one go like within the first year for example it's it's taken me many many years to to go from one thing to another you know even to have my own shop on my website rather than um, a shop hosted by Etsy it took you know like I was with Etsy for a decade all of these things I mean it's just a slow process isn't it and um, think if you're open-minded you never know where it's going to lead and you could end up doing something like you you started out with the screen printing and making products and then you moved into the il illustration you know and your original works of art as well that you're selling through your shop so you've really changed what you're doing as you've gone along I think it's this realization that you know you're not going to be able to do everything but you can do something and so gradually as you 
build these different sources of income, you will find that hopefully your career will become a little bit more, you know, your income will become more stable. Because when I was reliant at the beginning on just the gallery sales, because I wasn't selling online. So it was just the odd commission here and there from from people I knew or, you know, someone who'd seen my work in a gallery. And, you know, some months I would have great gallery sales and other months there would be nothing. And so if I was just relying on that, that's quite scary because, you know, you're going to go through a month with no income. But yeah, so so gradually as I've added all of these other parts, you know, I've um, I've managed to stabilise my income a bit and ride through the quieter times. So if something goes quieter, something else seems to pick up. I wanted to ask as a final question, but maybe as like a lead in to our next episode, what would you say to someone who's created a body of work and what would their next steps be? Right. Well, definitely. I would say you need to build some kind of online presence. You need to have some kind of portfolio. I would be surprised if someone can make it work these days without being on some form of social media. I think you need that for the exposure. And yeah, then you would look into different ways of selling your work. So whether that's through the print-on-demand companies we spoke about or whether it's through your own shop. Even, you know, because of what you've learned through producing that body of work, you could then maybe do some teaching. You could explain maybe some of your techniques. It's almost like you create the work. That's just your first step, really. And then it's then, what are the branches that are going to come off you creating that body of work? Yeah, that's kind of like your foundation. Thanks, guys, for joining us for this episode. We just hope that it has helped you in some way. And do let us know how you diversify your income streams. We'd love to hear what kind of things you do to do that with your own creative business. As usual, you can find us on our Instagram at creative underscore catcher or over on our YouTube channel. And we'd love to continue the discussion over there. Until next time, stay creative.